You're listening to The Chain, a science podcast where we bring what is new in biologics and protein engineering to the community of scientists working in this field. We discuss the latest developments with leaders who are on the front lines of cutting-edge research. On Episode 7, Conference Director Nandini Kashyap is speaking with Dr. Paolo Arioso. He is a professor of biochemical engineering at the Department of Chemistry and Applied Biosciences at ETH Zurich. They discuss what inspires researchers and keeps them motivated, from Legos to ligands, personalities to patients, and family meals to microfluidics. Paolo, welcome, and thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, Nandini, and thank you very much for having me. It's a great pleasure. All right, so I want to learn more about you. Did you always love science? How did you get into this field? What inspired you? Uh, well, uh, as a kid, I always liked playing with uh, Lego toys. And I guess that this was probably a first sign for my passion for engineering. And later during my studies, uh, I realized that I was fascinated by self-organization mechanisms, how we can build increasing levels of complexity from a limited number of building blocks. One, one example, for instance, is the language. So we fix a limited number of letters and we define rules to combine them in words, in sentences, and eventually in these answers that I'm giving. And nature uses a very similar principle. From a limited number of building blocks of Lego bricks, such as proteins and nucleic acids, nature creates structures with an increasing level of complexity, from cells to tissues to organs. And I've been always fascinating about how this spontaneous self-organization and self-assembly works. Wow, from Legos to ligands. I have a couple of Lego lovers in our home too. Okay, as I understand, the same principle of self-organization and self-assembly can also lead to protein aggregation in products. Explain to me why we should care about protein aggregation. Uh, in our body, we have a large number of uh, protein aggregates that are functional. We need them and we need to create them every day. However, if wrong protein aggregates are formed, this can lead to bad consequences. Important examples are, for instance, amyloid plaques, which are associated with Alzheimer's disease. And in the context of protein drugs, unwanted aggregates, which are present in the product, may lead to adverse reactions, such as inflammations. It is therefore important to keep aggregation under control for the safety of these products. One example is a recent case of a drug of Montis, which has been recently withdrawn from the market for adverse reactions observed in patients. And these reactions could be possibly linked also to the presence of protein particles. It is therefore crucial to keep these molecules under control if you want to develop safe and efficient treatments. And aggregation is part of a bigger problem which can be defined as developability of a molecule. Okay, so what is developability and how does it tie back to aggregation in biologics? Developability is a crucial property of uh, biotherapeutics and describes uh, how well a molecule behaves during production on large scale. Making drugs accessible to a large number of patients requires production of stable and reproducible molecules in large amount. And everybody knows that cooking risotto for two people or for 200 people is not the same. The production of biotherapeutics on large scale has very similar challenges. We need to produce always the same protein structure, avoiding instabilities such as aggregates. And these instabilities and mistakes can happen at any stage of the process, from production to storage to delivery. We don't have therefore to consider the molecules alone, but we have to put the protein in the context of the process 
and in the environment to which the molecule is exposed. I love your analogies, Paolo. And the risotto just made me very hungry. We're close to lunchtime here. <laughs> so let's talk about developability a bit more. What are some of the serious challenges that product development scientists are facing in overcoming it? Well, there are several challenges. Uh, uh, some of the major ones uh, are connected to the complexity of protein molecules. Uh, it's a bit like the personality of people. Uh, it cannot be described simply with one characteristic or one quality. Typically, you need multiple properties to describe one uh, person. And in the same way, characterizing the behavior of these complex molecules, such as proteins, requires the evaluation of multiple biophysical properties. And in addition, we have to consider the effect of a large number of possible stresses and many different excipients. And this is therefore a very complex multi-parameter optimization. We hope you're enjoying this episode of The Chain and wanted to let you know about an event coming to San Diego in January. The 19th annual Pep Talk Conference is taking place January 20th through the 24th in sunny San Diego, California. You can save up to $300 by taking advantage of the early registration rate available until October 25th. If that's not enough to spend a week in winter in Southern California, you can save an additional $100 on registration with the code POD100. That's P-O-D-1-0-0. Head over to chi-peptalk.com to learn more about Pep Talk, the Protein Science Week. Wow, that sounds very stressful for both protein and people. So what steps are being taken to overcome these problems? Well, luckily, despite these challenges, the effort of the scientific community in the past years has dramatically increased our understanding of this complex problem. The success of several antibodies on the market is a clear proof that safe and effective biopharmaceuticals can actually be developed. And now there are several directions which can push the boundaries even farther. One example is in progress in analytical tools to improve sensitivity and throughput, as well as cross-studies between different laboratories to validate robustness and reproducibility. And moreover, assays to evaluate the impact of biotherapeutics under more physiological conditions would be also very helpful. This sounds promising. So with so much going on and new molecules coming out every day, where do you think the future is heading for biotherapeutics? Antibodies keep growing in the pharmaceutical market and will remain important protagonists also in the next years. But as you mentioned, in addition to traditional antibodies, a variety of new protein constructs are emerging. And these include the B-specific, fusion proteins, single chains. And for these engineered proteins, stability and developability challenges that we discussed before may be even more important. Moreover, in my view, it will be very interesting to see how new emerging approaches based, for instance, on RNA, gene therapy, and cell therapy will modulate the current biotherapeutic landscape. Paolo, this has been such a wonderful conversation. And as much as I would love to keep going, we are coming to the end of it. Before we wrap it up, I wanted to ask you what inspired you in last one year or what's been your biggest aha moment for you or others in your lab? What keeps me moving is uh, contributing to develop drugs and therapies which will be increasingly more effective and cheaper and therefore accessible to a large number of patients who could benefit from them. We are very happy about the development of new technologies in my lab, largely based on microfluidics, 
to generate faster data and higher quality data. These data combined with mathematical models allow to get information on the mechanism of aggregation at the molecular level. We can therefore generate important knowledge which would not be achievable otherwise. One concrete example that we are trying to push at the moment is elucidating the combined effect of two important stresses, interfaces and agitation, on biotherapeutics. That is exciting. How can others apply that? We work in a collaboration with pharmaceutical companies to translate our methods into the industrial context. And we really hope that our technology will eventually reduce R&D and development timelines, therefore accelerating and improving the characterization of the drugs, and eventually bringing cheaper and safer drugs to patients. Great. Paolo, thank you so much for speaking with us today. Thank you very much, Nandini. It was really a great pleasure. Thank you for joining us on The Chain. Tune in next time for more conversations about science, research, and exploring the world of protein engineering.